Opera for Everyone. I'm Keely Heron. And I'm Pat Wright. And on today's episode of Opera for Everyone, we'll be listening to... Norma. By... It is probably the best-known opera that uh, Vincenzo Bellini wrote. Vincenzo Bellini. Have we listened to any other Bellini operas yet, Pat? We have not, but I have had Bellinis to drink. I like Bellinis. Yeah, no relationship, though. We're I not actually, drinking I them now. I actually looked that up. <laughs> There's no relationship, <laughs> but they're both Italian. Bellinis yes, it is named after Vincenzo. A different, a different Bellini. I don't think it was an artist who painted a picture, and apparently the robe of one of the saints depicted in the picture was sort of a, a peachy Bellini color. Mm. And so that's how the drink got its name. No no relationship to the composer. Mm. Okay, I had to get that out of the yeah. way early on. No, now I'm like, oh, that sounds really nice right Wouldn't now. Wouldn't it be good? <laughs> Peaches and Prosecco. Yeah. All right. Um, at any rate, this is uh, probably his best-known opera, mm-hmm. Norma, and um, it is in the bel canto style, the beautiful singing style. Bel canto. Yeah, I actually had some fun looking up about bel canto recently. Apparently, it uh, it's from the Romantic period. This mm-hmm. is, uh, the opera is... Premiered in 1831 mm-hmm. uh, at La Scala in Milan, mm-hmm. um, and uh, but there is there's a, a chunk of time in the later part of that century, early part of the 20th century, when bel canto falls out of favor because it was too beautiful. Like um, the, what they wanted something a little bit more. Well, it's it, realistic, yes, it's beautiful, or... but it's but it's also. Um, it's a little more self-consciously showy hmm. in terms Flowery of... Flowery sh- or something? Showing off the um, the vocal abilities of the performers. Oh. So it's composed in such a way that, you know, you need a really good tenor, you need a really right. good soprano, etc., to... Pull it off. To pull it off. Right. And speaking of, this particular edition that we're listening to today features Maria Callas in yes. the role of Norma, and Maria Callas's. I would say one of the most famous sopranos of all time. Yes, indeed. And again, reading about this this um, this particular edition that we're listening to, they say she was at the height of her vocal powers mm. during this time. So, so I think in, we're in for a treat. Here. We're in for a treat. Yeah, I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Um, so shall we set the scene? Let's. The scene of this opera is set in uh, Roman-occupied Gaul. Oh. Yeah, this is totally historic. (laughs) Well, I don't know about the... The Gauls. So what I know about the Gauls are asterisks and obelisks. Obelisks. Not not helpful. Not, no. That was the French cartoon, right? (laughs) And then um, (laughs) the Gaulois cigarettes. Okay, well... that's not going to help in this case, but but the root word is you know, is is Gaul. Yeah. So um, for those of you who have any vague memories of your ancient history or Latin classes, uh, Caesar, who wrote all Gaul or his Gallic commentaries of the Gallic Wars, um, he's he's an, he does not mentioned in the opera, but just that might be something that people could vaguely remember having heard of before. So Caesar was attacking Gaul. Oh yeah, part part of Caesar's success before he becomes uh, a dictator for life um, in the Roman em- or end of the Roman Republic, um, 
arguably the guy who brought about the fall of the Roman Republic. Okay, there's it's more complicated than that, but he's a very successful general. And his success is based on largely his success in Gaul, which is conquering the barbarians, mm-hmm. as they were called, and expanding Roman reach and territory into Western Europe. Mm. And so where is this on the map, on today's map? Uh, Germany, France. Really? Yeah. So yeah. it's, okay. Northern France. Eastern France. Germany, France. We'll leave it Germany, there. France. I mean, okay. it's, it's, a, it's a general description and, mm. and a lot transpires between then and now to make national divisions different. But so the Romans do occupy Gaul for quite a long time. And, and again, if you if you have vague memories of your ancient history, you'll know that ultimately the barbarians, as they're called, uh, spell the demise of the Roman Empire. Yes, in, in yeah, the fifth I, century. Yeah, my my vague <laughs> notions of ancient history are pretty much vague, <laughs> pretty vague. Yeah, it's like I was blackout drunk during all of <laughs> high school history. Well, I wasn't just like so many of my students, but <laughs> it's like I was because I retained nothing. That's fine. That's why I'm here. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. And besides, I love the music. Thank you, Pat. Thank you. <laughs> Saving me from myself. No, no, no. Probably more information than people want. At any rate. The, the characters in this show okay. are the Druids, which is the way all of these non-Romans are referred to in the show. Are they the barbarians also? Druids slash barbarians? Same yeah, people? Yeah, barbarians just a general term that gets thrown around. I mean, they, I'm not even sure they use that term in this opera, but it's just a general term that gets thrown around by the Romans for okay, the non-Romans. Okay, so they're pagan, they're pagan people. Yeah. The Druids. Yeah. Um, Worshipping the earth. Yeah, I mean, well, arguably at this point. Everybody is. Yeah. Well, not everybody, but, but uh, you know. What are, what are we talking, Pat? Just to ground myself in a century so I don't embarrass myself. No, like, no, no. Oh, well, were, they, were there that's photos? <laughs> were, they, were there photos of this? Just pull out their iPhones. Yeah, they're just going <laughs> to lace up their Adidas. and. So um, I don't have an exact date for this opera, but because it's during Roman-occupied Gaul, I can make an educated guess. It's somewhere between... 1970. The middle of the first century (laughs) A.D. (laughs) and the middle of the fifth century A.D. First century A.D. and fifth century A.D. Yeah, or C.E. Yes. Of the common era. Correct. Okay. So that's... Okay. It's, it's a long time ago. It's a long time ago. A- ancient world, by the way we categorize things. Um, so we have the Romans. When we, we don't actually... We see two Romans in the whole show, but, but, but they're... Well, I'm sorry. Two Romans have singing roles in the whole show. Uh, and you do see a grouping of Roman soldiers in a chorus at, at various points. But um, it's important to get across the fact that this is an occupied land. Mm-hmm. And the Roman force, numerically, is much smaller than the natives, the Druids, um, but much better equipped and better armed. Fewer of them, more weapons. That's the Romans. More training. That's the Romans. So it's so it's kind of an uneasy situation because the Romans are, are dominating, mm-hmm. but the people they're dominating are much more numerous, even if... Have, even if they have less technologically advanced weaponry. Right. Um, and as you can imagine, there is resentment. Right. 
among the native population. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like, what are these you, overlords? What the heck? Yeah. Like, I just want to farm and hang out and right. do my druid lifestyle, live my druid lifestyle. That's right. That's right. Ooh, they're singing. Who is this? Oh, this is, um, this is going to be Oro Veso, and he is the arch druid. He He's is, the head druid in charge? He is the head druid in charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, a wonderful bass voice there, just to let us know he has authority. Mm. And, um, and they are, they are practicing their religions and their, their religion, and they're getting ready for the, uh, the sacred cutting of the mistletoe. Oh, is uh, it? So, okay. So I know mistletoe. I've heard of mistletoe before. <laughs> Good. So are they using it in a... They, don't, don't ask follow-up questions. There, okay. there are no answers. Okay. <laughs> it is just the act of the sacred cutting of the mistletoe. That's, okay. that's all we need to concern ourselves with. That's all they, they let us know. Okay. Um, but it is it is going to be this this chorus of the druids that we're hearing. He's leading them as they prepare for this ceremonial cutting of the mistletoe. Cutting of the mistletoe. Are we going to listen to this one, Pat? Um, this what's you know, it called? I think we're going to run out of time if we if we listen, listen to, to everything everything okay. that's because it's, it's all lovely. I mean the the thing about Bellini is that he does melody. He does melody quite. So we're li- we're listening to some bel canto, some beautiful music. Yes, that's right. Nice. That's right. So, so, so basically, you've got the druids. They're getting ready for their um, for their ceremony, and they're also reminding us that they're they're not, you know, terribly happy mm-hmm. being under the thumb of yeah. the Romans. They're like we're 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 happy about this mistletoe, but these Romans, right, right. Not- it's not great. And and before long, you have, um, not yet in the music, but we're going to work our way up to this place. Before long, you have uh, them sort of moving off, and you have a couple of Romans, the two with singing parts, yes. showing up. And that is Flavio, who is an assistant to Polione, who is the proconsul. In other words, the Roman governor of this territory. He's the uh, guy in charge. He's the Roman in charge. Okay. Polion. Polion. Or Polione. Polione. Yeah, you can read it. Your Italian's better than mine. I, well, I, it's either <laughs> Spitalian or Fratalian, usually. <laughs> okay. But occasionally I do, you know, latch on. So Flavio and Polione. The, the, yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, and they're both tenors. I love tenor. <gasps> yes. Is this them? I don't know what track we're on. We're on track three. Delora tua profetica. Oroveso co... Yeah. Oh, no, that's Oroveso. Oroveso is the archdruid. He's still the archdruid. Yeah, I didn't... I didn't think they were... They had shown up yet. Um, at any rate, we we hear a lot about Norma before... The, the titular... Mm-hmm. Right? The titular Norma there. We've got... We hear a lot about her before she actually shows mm-hmm. up. Because... They're letting us know how utterly important she is. She is the virgin goddess who protects the sanctuary, who protects the religious rites. That's why they're waiting for her to do this important ceremony. And um, a great amount of respect. Oh, and by the way, she is the daughter of Oroveso. Oroveso, the the, The arch druid. The druid in charge. Okay. All right. So she's a druid. 
and she's a virginal keeper of the temple. Yes. And they need her to do religious stuff. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Gotcha. And and so there's lots of singing there. And, and Flavio, once, you know, he and Pollyona are on the scene, and they're not really interacting, mm-hmm. but they're... With the druids or with each other? They're not interacting with the druids. Okay. And they're just talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And um, and Flavio will, will say, oh, yes, Norma's coming to perform her rites. And so they know about her, too. Yes, they, they, yes, well, they're, they're the, the, they're the in government. Charge. They're yeah, the, so they got to know the what's folks, going on. They know who's who. In they're the... doing intel. <laughs> well, and they also, it becomes clear to them that ultimately it's going to become clear to them that they don't belong here with this religious right that, that they're not invited to and not welcomed at. Um, but let's go ahead and listen to um, an aria that Polion is going to sing. Yes. Called uh, A Greater pa- a Power Greater Than They Protects and Defends Me. Me protege, me defende. That was pretty good. That's pretty good. Let's go ahead and listen to this. All right, let's do that. And this is Polioni, our Roman proconsul. Uh, He's the head governor. Roman in charge. That's right. All right. And this is... Uh, Polione singing Me Protege Me Defende in uh, Bellini's Norma on Opera for Everyone. Me protege, me defende, o poter facer di loro, e il pensier di lei che allora è l'amor, o l'amor che mi infiammò. Polione, the it, Roman proconsul, the regional governor. Um, that's a short song. Yes, but that was powerful. He's and showing off his voice. He's showing off his vi- voice, and he's he's remembering um, a visit at the altar of Venus. Mm. You know who Venus is, of course. She was the goddess of the mountain top, burning like a silver flame. I don't know that one. Was well, it, it wasn't it the Bangles? She was in that uh, razor commercial. Are you kidding? No. Huh. Anyway. Well, anyway, uh, those of us who don't sing our answers. She was, she was the goddess of love. <laughs> goddess of, there we go. <laughs> and the birth of Venus by Botticelli. I do know that. That That, is that was a big piece of, of art. art. <laughs> Some art. Anywho, okay, so who's okay. Venus? All right, so, but he's, I mean, he's he's metaphorically speaking of being at the altar of Venus um, with Adelgisa. And you're thinking, oh, I don't know that name. Well, it sounds like some kind of pain reliever. 
All right, don't make fun of our characters. Adeljiza. She... <laughs> Adeljiza. Mm-hmm. Um, so just remember that name. She's going to she's going to appear later on. Okay. Um, and he's he's remembering happiness, love, being enraptured by this woman. Mm-hmm. And the, and there's more, but we'll we'll leave it at that. And Flavia goes, "Oh, oh, I think Norm is coming. She's coming to perform her rites. We 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 have to go. We can't we can't stay here." Um, and, and Polyon says, well, maybe I should stay here because maybe they're plotting against us. And he's like, we need to get out of here. This is going to cause trouble if we stay. So wait, Polyon is in love with Adeljiza? He's just kind of let us know this. Yes. Yes. And she's somewhere else or she's here also? She will be appearing shortly. Okay. All right. I just wanted to make sure I had my character straight. That's fine. It does get a little complicated with who's in love with whom. Okay. So Flavio's like, hey. Polion, let's bounce. And he's like, no, we shouldn't. Maybe they're plotting against us. Maybe we should stick around and see what they're doing. Yeah. And he's like, well, if we stick around, we cause problems. So they need to leave. So are they leaving? Yes. They're leaving. Okay. They, in fact, leave. And then right now we hear the the druids and everybody doing their thing. Norma's approaching. Mm -hmm. And so they're singing about Norma's showing up. And, And Norma makes her appearance Mm -hmm. and we are getting the most famous aria of this opera coming up next Mm -hmm. in our listening for this show um casta diva chaste goddess chaste goddess so she sings that yes about herself this is norma no well she's singing about it as, a, as an idea, as an idea. Yeah. Yes, prayerfully. Yes. She's saying, I am fulfilling the role of the chaste goddess. Yes. I'm here to be the chaste goddess. Chaste goddess who makes silver, these sacred and ancient trees, turn to us your lovely visage without cloud and without veil. Temper, O oh goddess, temper these ardent hearts, temper once more their rash fervor. Spread upon the earth that peace that you cause to reign in heaven. So you get Norma, and she's this, you know, in spite of the fact that her father is the druid in charge, Mm -hmm. she is the most revered personage among the druids because of her position in the religious hierarchy. Mm -hmm. As the virginal goddess. Keeper of the flame and all that. Mm -hmm. And uh, so she's not only singing devotionally, she's singing in praise of peace, which is a, a, a serious message when you're in an occupied territory. When you have a restive native population with mm-hmm. occupiers, exactly. So uh, let's leave it there and let's listen to this. And again, this is one of those arias that sopranos will. will this grab is a lifetime. Onto. This is a this is the the big aria to put feather in your cap. Yeah, if well, you're I mean, a soprano. truthfully, Norma has quite a few arias in this, mm-hmm. and they're all challenging and important but this is the one that gets sort of picked and done this would be on the highlights cd this would be if you're a soprano if you're (laughs) renee fleming for example (laughs) for example and you issue your best of renee fleming there you might be singing norma yes although i I confess i don't know if she's actually done the role but i don't either (laughs) although interestingly with maria callas this is the role she performed more than any other is that right and i've never seen this opera I only recently saw yeah. it, you know, courtesy of YouTube streaming Amazon services. Prime. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it, that we live in this tiny little town? 
we can watch world It's a wonderful famous, world. It is. Right. I love Casta Diva. I love technology. Mm. Yes, I love technology. Cast, okay, wait. Casta Diva. Okay, all right. I'm going to pull it down. Yep. Focus. All right, so this is Maria Callas singing the role of Norma in Bellini's Norma. Casta Diva. Casta Diva. Chaste Goddess. Chaste Goddess.
That was so pretty. <laughs> well, Maria Callas, I think she can sing pretty nicely, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's just, it's like we were talking while the music was playing, like the way that I got interested in opera is just, just the beauty of it. And just like sitting there and listening to something and that, I mean, the, the, the fact that you make that sound just with your body, that a human can do that. It just always just kind of astonishes me. And, and we've also talked about how I don't like sopranos that get like that thin, reedy, screechy quality. And it's very difficult to yeah. get to those high notes and have the richness of sound. Well, that, that was, that she's was very able to high achieve. and very rich in sound. It was beautiful. It was just beautiful. And she's reminding her listeners, her fellow druids, back to the character, um, temper your burning hearts. Or she's praying to the goddess that her people will temper their mm-hmm. burning hearts um, and and their excessive zeal. Um, enfold the earth in sweet peace. So It's a nice message. Yeah, there's there's more going on than we know yet at this moment. But mm. uh, we'll get there. We'll so get there. So Casta Diva. Diva is like goddess, goddess and Casta is chaste. Yeah. Casta Diva. Yeah. Nice. And so... So that's Norma's introduction. So that's our introduction to Norma um, mm-hmm. as this powerful, revered figure, mm-hmm. head of the religious rites. And um, and she sings about this. And the chorus responds. The rites, you know, they, they perform the rites. The rites have happened. So what did, do you know, Pat, and I'm, forgive me if I'm asking a question <laughs> that you're not going to know the answer to, what are they praying for? I mean, what is the mistletoe rites normally? Is it always for peace and always for whatever? Or the mistletoe? No, she's, she's, I, I can't answer a lot of your question here because I've only got to go on what the, what the opera is mm-hmm. letting us know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I'm sure someone does know the answer to this. I just don't. But um, I do know her prayer for peace is, specific is a particular to... message in this situation. Right. Okay. So they do a mistletoe rite maybe every year, annually? Yes, we're led to believe this is a, okay. this is a some sort of regular occurrence. And they do it maybe to get, you know, good weather or favorable fertility. fertility or... I, I don't actually know the answer. Whatever. <laughs> They're like, I really want a new pony. Okay, we need to move on. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Okay, so I digress. So the chorus, the you know the the group leaves. Norma has left, and one person, uh, her assistant, mm-hmm. her helper, mm-hmm. Adelgisa, remains on stage. Do you oh, remember that name? Uh, yes, because it sounds like analgesic. And do you remember it coming up? Polion. Oh. oh, but she's not. She's a druid. Analgesa. Adelgisa is a druid. Analgesa. <laughs> He's a, she's a she's uh, a, a goddess in training. She's a novice, basically. You know, she if, if you were talking, you know, comparing them to the nun structure, she's oh I see. She's, she's like the she's young in nun. training. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Okay. And so she's an assistant. Adelgisa is a nun in training. Yes. And she is a druid. Yes. But Polion has noticed her. He, she has caught his so, eye. So, you know, we because we got to hear him sing his song about mm-hmm. his love for her, uh, like we remember, and she there she is, and she's it, she's in the sacred grove, empty right. grove, and and she's um, reflecting on her life, and.
And uh, she says, well, I'm alone here in the sacred grove. The rite has concluded. And now I can at least sigh unseen in this place where that fatal Roman met me the first time, making me a rebel against the temple and against God. (gasps) So she's racked with remorse and guilt. Were they like Netflix and chill? Was he like, hey, girl, (laughs) let's just kick it here in this grove we didn't we didn't get to see that part. it happened off stage that well that was pre beginning of the opera right okay um and then she says if only that were the last time a vain wish uh-oh an irresistible force draws me here my heart feasts on his beloved face and the blowing breeze repeats the sound of his dear voice oh protect me god i'm lost have pity on me god i'm lost Wow, that's pretty deep. So she's, her, her, she's trying to be a good person, and yet she's encountered this irresistible Roman. Mm. Is he? Is he? Uh, he's just the the head Roman in charge. Is he married? Do we know? Is it? Doesn't matter. Um, whatever. We don't think so. Okay. Uh, but who knows? We we think not. Okay. And I can explain later why we think not, but um, not not important. But of course, as she's singing this lament. Polyon shows up. Of course he does. Because it's in the spot. But let's hear her her lament, her song. Shall we? This is, um, oh, what's it called? It's called God. Protect, protect me. me. Yeah. See, I can translate that. De protegi mio Dio. Okay. I can say that like day de, de is like, hey. Hey. Hey, God. Hey, Keely. Can uh, you play that track? I need a little help. <laughs> I need a little help. All right. So this is. Adelgisa in Norma by Bellini singing, Hey God, I need a little help.
Well, she's begging for God to protect her, Adelgisa, in Bellini's opera Norma. Just to yeah. Herself at all. Um, and, and she, so, um, another beautiful voice. Yes. And, and is, so, it, normally, or not normally, but frequently, you'll have a soprano and a mezzo-soprano who right. plays the supporting role. But it, it, her voice sounds remarkably similar to Maria well, Callas's. You know, it's interesting because I, I've looked up about various productions and... Um, and when you see the cast list and the vocal parts, sometimes mm -hmm. it lists Adelgisa as a soprano, and sometimes it lists Adelgisa as a mezzo. And I wonder if it's just based on casting. It is, I think, uh, sort of, although there's been a historical trend to have a mezzo do the role. Initially, it was two sopranos mm -hmm. in these two lead female roles. Maybe they just like to have a... a a broader variety of voice quality? Well, I, and I did read it, at, I don't remember which performance, but it's some subsequent performances. The person they wanted to do was a mezzo, and but mezzos have to go a little higher than they typically like to go for the center of their range. So mm -hmm. it, it's actually one of those roles that uh, sopranos will do and mezzos will also do. Huh. Can go so, either way. Yeah, although although more commonly these days. It's a mezzo. I'm, I've learned that it's a mezzo. There you go. A little bit of opera nerding. A little We're bit of opera nerding. Out I know. You see these incongruities and you go, what's going on here? Oh, I'm offended <laughs> as an opera enthusiast. <laughs> oh, I know. We have to we have to avoid that at all costs. I have to uphold my standards of opera enthusiasts. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So the, the male voice that you heard come in there at the end of that piece Polion. was Polion. And he and, he and Flavio wander mm -hmm. in. Flavio doesn't stay long. And he's like, hey, get lost. My girl's here. Get oh, lost. Gosh. Yeah, so Flavia's <laughs> like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just go for a walk. <laughs> and so and so that's what he does. And Polyon sees Adelgisa. And remember, Adelgisa's just been praying her heart out to God to get right. over this man. Right. And he shows up. So he does not get a terribly warm reception from her. Huh. Be well, she's been trying to, you know, wash that man right out of her hair, right, as it were. True. But <laughs> Okay, yeah, but she, but, but she loves him. Like she's, but she's fighting but she's, it because yeah. she knows it's she's wrong. A druid. It's against her vows. She's in to the be nunnery or whatever they call it in the druid tradition. Yeah. She's a nun in training. Yeah, and she's hanging yeah. out, presumably getting a little smoochy, smoochy. We we don't know how far it's gone. <laughs> Thanks for that illustration. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, so, I digress. So and and so Polion they argue in. a bit when she when she shuns him and she mm -hmm. tells him like just go away, I don't need this temptation, right. really. And she says just leave and let me pray. And and Polion gets angry. He says you go pray. You pray to an atrocious god. Um, that well, god, that's a way to win points with the ladies. Well. Hang on. Okay. <laughs> he says, you're God. He's a foe of your desire and of mine, my beloved. Your God should be a God of love. He's a seducer. He's a total seducer. And ultimately... He he succeeds? He succeeds. Of course. She... It'd be boring if he didn't. 
she we need some finally drama. there's you know there's she struggles a little bit longer against his mm-hmm. entreaties but she ultimately she gives in and and she's like oh i really do love you and he says well you know what adelgisa dear a purer heaven and better gods await you in rome i promise you that so that's interesting he's playing on her God piousness yeah. and her piety, I guess. Normally you'd be like, we have great restaurants in Rome. <laughs> you can get amazing gloves right behind the Pantheon. There's this sock shop that's incredible. <laughs> no, better gods, he great says. Because he knows what matters to her. <laughs> right. And so, you know, she's offended by that. Offended by that. And, and and you know, he, he threatens, like, how can you abandon me? You know, he's basically telling her, you're a terrible person because you're abandoning me. I mean... Seriously. He's laying it on thick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she will, she does relent and she confesses her love. And there is this lovely, lovely song that we're going to listen to next called Come to Rome. Vieni in Roma. Yes. Come to Rome. Come to Rome. And take me as your husband. Oh, so he's proposing marriage to her. So that's why I'm guessing he's not already married. But, you know, I don't know. My my modern standards may be different. Right. Well, maybe they have multiple. What did the. Well, let's not. Let's, oh, anyway, so anyway. this begins uh, with 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 uh, Polion uh, saying, you know, come to Rome with me. OK. And it's so be fab. So it's, is it a duet? Uh, they will they will sing together towards the end of it. All right. Okay, let's have a listen to that. This is Polion and Adelgisa in Bellini's Norma on Opera for Everyone, singing Vieni in Roma. Voce in cor parlando con suenti che promette terreno bene. Ad affetti ad avolci accenti sposo tu, sposo tu mi stringi al sene. Oh, 
Right at the end there, that's Adel Jesus singing, My God, I shall renounce my God. No way, really. But to you, I will always be faithful. So that's a pretty clear <laughs> statement that she's... Um, she's into it. She's replacing her God with Polione. Right. wonder how that's going to work out. Well, if it's like most operas, it's going to be a horrible disaster. <laughs> Yes, yes. Uh, well, well, we'll just have to see. We'll just have to, like, keep you on tenderhooks waiting to see what's going to happen. Um, and so that scene ends, and we uh, pick up our next scene uh, in uh, in the woods. Yeah, at... ooh, this music sounds very dramatic. It's an opera, Kelly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we do drama here in opera, <laughs> opera land. <laughs> Put your helmets on. <laughs> right. That's right. Ooh, I and like this, is, this music. We're in the woods, and this is Norma's secret residence. Why is it secret, you ask? Because she's a goddess of whatever. Exactly. So that's that's actually a great answer, because she's a goddess, and she performs these sacred rites, and she's separate from the rest of the community. So does she have to live the there by herself, like all by herself, just her and God hanging out? Uh, she has um, a helper, Clotilde, like a, a lady's maid and a, a, a companion and assistant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but interestingly, we see. <sighs> oh, you look like you have an answer. Who? I don't know. I don't know. Two children. What? They're not hers, are they? <gasps> uh huh. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the chaste goddess. She has two kids? Yeah. How did they sneak that one by the druids? Well, just as you pointed out, she lives alone in the woods. So she lives alone in the woods, and we see her here, and the first thing she says to Clotilde, her assistant, go hide the children. Mm. Go hide the children. And, and, you know, Clotilde follows her instructions, and she starts singing about her children. I love my children. And yet I hate my children. I suffer when I see them. And I suffer when I don't see them. Mm -hmm. It's entire... <laughs> Kids can't live with them. Can't live without them. Yeah, but these... these Pass are... the beer nuts. <laughs> these are not uh, just, you know, any old children. As you remember, she's supposed to be this virginal goddess. Mm -hmm. uh, but she's the mother of two children. Immaculate Conception? No. Oh, come on. We had. We don't have that many characters. Can you figure it out? Artificial insemination? 
I don't think so. Flavio. Nope. Her dad? Nope. I'm running out of options here. Oh, who's who's our other tenor? Flavio. <gasps> oh. Polione. Oh, I don't like him. Yeah, I, I knew you were not going to like him at all. Polione is the father. Um, and she is... Well, how long have they been there? How long? I mean... Years. I mean, the children are, are like five and seven years old. So they've been hanging out with the Druids for like 10 years. Well, yeah. I mean, it's an occupied territory. Of course, <sighs> it's going to go out for so, a long okay. time. Hmm. Interesting. But, but she has heard that Polione was uh, called back to Rome, you know, as happens with mm-hmm. governors. Because he's got to do his duty. Behave yourself. <laughs> he's got Polioni has to do his duty. Yeah, so Polioni's come back to been called back to Rome, which mm-hmm. you know makes sense. He why he sang to Adelgisa, come to Rome with me, because he knows that's where he's been recalled to yep. and he's, he's fallen in love with her. Um but Norma is beside herself and she says, How can he forget about his sons? These two little boys. Uh-oh, my mind is going. I know. I mean, I, is he going to take them? Is he going to take the boys? You're going to have to stay tuned to find out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. So how can he forget his sons? How can he forget his sons? And and it's it's touchy. She's, she's very upset, Norma. She's really angry at him. And she also knows he hasn't been, you know, terribly attentive recently. Um... So were they like, even though she was supposed to? You have questions. I have so many questions. Like, how does she hide the fact? Does she just like, hey, peace out. I'm going to hang out here in the woods for nine months or whatever and just do yeah. my thing? She she is a, a, a goddess and not one to be questioned. She has enough authority and she's separate enough from the day-to-day activities that she's able to. I mean, okay, you actually have hit on something. A lot of people make fun of this opera for that very point. <laughs> but I am here to rationalize for you. Okay. Well, you know, they probably wear like baggy, flowy clothes and... Oh, robes. Yeah. There was, a, there was robes. a woman last week in L.A. that gave birth and she was 46 and she never knew she was pregnant. True story. Yeah. That is just so hard to imagine. And she was like <laughs> normal size. I don't know. Anyway. Okay. Uh, sorry. Yeah, I digress. No, no I, I... Well, at any rate, we could... <laughs> Let's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, enter into the scene, into the sacred grove, Adelgisa, mm-hmm. the, the novice, the, the young woman. And does she know about the kids? No. She does not, which is interesting because she does know about the, the secret home. In the gro- You're just going to have to run with it. Okay, yeah. Suspension, suspension of, of disbelief. disbelief. Yeah. <laughs> so, she, so she comes in and she uh, speaks with Norma. About um, how come Norma's the only one in this opera that has a normal name? They're all goofy names. Sorry, sorry. Go I, on. I think that might be culturally insensitive of you. <laughs> it well, perhaps. Well, but you know what I mean. I mean, okay, all right. I'm being carry on. Sorry. <laughs> so we have Adelgisa comes in, and Adelgisa um, has something on her mind. Adelgisa's not noticing any of Norma's distress. Adelgisa's noticing her own distress. She's all wrapped up in her own And so she's come to her mentor Mm -hmm. to bear her heart. She's racked with 
remorse and grief about the fact that she's in love. But as you remember, she's just given in and agreed to go with Polione to go to Rome with him. <sighs> to it's going to get bad. Leave the temple. It's going to get so bad. Well, it's it's so bad given now what we know of Polione, right? Yeah. Loving him and leave him. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Don't like him. And so she, she comes to talk to her mentor, Norma, and she says, I, I have an oath that I swore, and I've broken my oath. I have betrayed the altar whose bride I was to flee the temple, to flee to another land. Is Norma putting the pieces together here? Oh, no, Norma is remembering when she fell in love and how she broke her own vows. Uh, Not that she tells Adelgisa this, right? but she's remembering how the power of love can... Love is a madness. It's a madness, and it can make you break your vows. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we know, we don't know how far it's gone with Adelgisa, but I venture to say it, it, you know, she's not pregnant, would be my guess. (laughs) Adelgisa is not pregnant. No. Okay. No, she's not. She's in love, and mm-hmm. she's getting ready to flee with him mm-hmm. and marry him. Mm-hmm. But she's—I um, don't—I don't think she's gone as far as all that. Um, Norma, however, does have two children of his, mm-hmm. and um, and she's—but she's sympathetic when she's confessing the fact that she's fallen in love. And by the way, no names are mentioned at this point. Norma just hears Adel Jesus say she's fallen in love, and that she's leaving, and that and that she'll be leaving the temple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, She's handed in her two weeks' notice. And yeah, right. And She's like, I'd like a severance package. <laughs> no, no. She Do says, I get paid I would... for my vacation time that I've accrued? <laughs> she just wants not to be damned, basically. She she is a faithful woman. Yeah, but she's given up her God. I mean, like, does she care? No, but but, but what her, her lover told her there are better gods in Rome, But that's remember? what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> So, oh, so she's just going to swap them out and she does, you yeah. know, okay. Yeah. She has more bad reference from yeah. this God <laughs> yeah, for the new God. Yeah. And, and she wants, she wants Norma to, I mean, she needs to tell, again, she's trying to be honorable. She needs to tell Norma that she's leaving mm-hmm. and she needs to tell her why. And Norma is surprisingly sympathetic, having had her own love. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Adelgisa, I, I, I just love this line. She says, looking at him, I seem to find a new heaven in his face. So again, we're getting this imagery that that he's becoming like a god to her, which is, yeah, you know, it's a little uncomfortable Troubling. for me. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, there is this lovely song that we're about to listen to. Um, and it's going to be Norma, Norma and Adelgisa. And it's in English, it's Oh, What Memories. And it's um, Norma in reverie, remembering her early love. Oh, remembranza. Oh, memories. Yes. Misty waters. So this is uh, Adelgisa, yeah? No, it's a duet. It's a duet. So it, it, it's going to begin with Norma, but Adelgisa's right in there. So these are two lovely soprano voices in the coloratura. Soprano and mezzo. Soprano and mezzo. Okay. On um, Norma by Bellini. Opera Opera for for everyone. everyone. One, one, one.
Welcome back to the second half of Opera for Everyone. I'm Keely Heron. I'm Pat Wright. And today on Opera for Everyone, we are listening to Bellini's Norma. Bellini's Norma. Yeah. Well, we've we've almost gotten halfway through the opera at this point. Almost halfway through. Halfway through our show. And you know what we do at the halfway point, Keely? We put on our opera helmets. Yes. And there's a feat of opera knowledge. Opera daring do. Mm-hmm. Which you will do. Right. Okay. So bring us up to speed. Where are we in this story? <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Um, okay. So we are set in ancient Gaul, which is um, somewhere where France and Germany is today. That's sort of the geography that we're an ancient sort of couple uh, hundred years into the Anno Domini or the Common Era. Yes? Yeah. And um, the Romans have been occupying this land for many years. Yes. And um, it is the homeland of the Druids. Yes. And um, in this opera, we have two main, or three main Druid characters. Oroveso, who is the arch Druid, who's Mm -hmm. the head Druid in charge. His daughter, Norma who's the second druid in charge, but arguably perhaps more powerful because she's the one who performs the rites and all the druids rely on her to bring good fortune for fertility and uh, good weather and crops and all that kind of stuff. The the powerful, insightful virgin goddess. The powerful, yes, that's what I meant to say. Yes. So that's Norma, the powerful, (laughs) insightful virgin goddess. And then her uh, hand, no, her, her like second in command, powerful virgin goddess nun person kind the, of the one who yeah she's she's training she's in the, training she's the goddess in training <laughs> Adel Giza. Mm-hmm. um and then there's also clotilde mm-hmm. who, who is her her sort of companion where she lives in her hideout in the woods yeah um with her two children not so virginal is she <laughs> so yeah so Lots of suspension of disbelief there because she had to be pregnant for a while and nobody knew. But they did have those flowy robes, which really helps. I know. And and no one knows about the children. No one knows. Other than Clotilde Clotilde. and Norma. And Norma. And not even the... the, The father knows, too. Oh, the father. Oh, he does. Okay. But um, Adelgisa doesn't know. That's right. And then, and we're just learning that the father of these children is Polioni, who is the head Roman in charge of yes. this occupational druid? He's the proconsul, the, the Roman governor okay. of this territory. And and then there's his um, buddy Flavio, yes, who's the second Roman in charge, and they're friends and they yes. hang out and they do stuff. Except when Adelgisa's around, then Polioni tells Flavio to take a hike, yes, <laughs> because he wants to smooch her, yes, and Adelgisa's a nun. And so soon she, Polioni is against her vows and she's really distraught about that. And so <clears throat> Polioni is going back to Rome where they have better restaurants, better leather goods, better <laughs> cashmere goods, better music, better wine, and better gods. That's what Polioni tells Which her. he tells Adelgisa, hey, come to Rome with me, babe. Like, it's awesome. And she's like, oh, okay, I guess I will. But she's not feeling really good about that. It, it, it was a challenge it took for some him doing. to convince her to make that decision. But but he did convince her. But she her. does. She she decides. And so she goes to this hideaway in the woods where Norma lives with her kids. And Norma says, oh, 
Adelgis is coming. Clotilde, hide the children. And so, uh, you know, Clotilde hides the kids. And then Adelgis shows up and hands in her two-week notice <laughs> um, because she's going to peace out and go to Rome because she's yes, in although, love. Does she say she, she's in love? She says she's in love. She And she says she needs to leave the temple and she's in love and she knows that that's a violation of her vows and her obligations, but she doesn't mention Rome. And she doesn't mention who she's in love with. She does not. And then she she doesn't think that piece is terribly important, right? Because she doesn't know about the kids. It's a or man. Blah blah blah. Right. That's all that's important. And so then she's pleasantly surprised by her, you know, bosses by Norma's response. By Norma's response, and Norma's like, "Oh, it's okay. Sometimes that happens, sweetie." So she's like, "You just <laughs> you go ahead, do your thing." Um, and then, and then, and then that's kind of where we ended. Yes, exactly. The 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 last song we listened to before the uh, before the break before the break was uh, where she's where Norma is remembering fondly being in love and all the wonderful things that came with it. And the song that's playing underneath us at the moment is um, is a continuation of this understanding on Norma's part where she says, um, yes, take heart, embrace me, I will free you from your vows. In other words, she's she's giving her blessing to Adelgisa to go and be with the man she loves. Um, and and It's very evolved for sort of a hundred years of AD, right? Kinda. Well, it's always a mistake to assume we're we're more evolved than people of the past, I I believe. Yeah. <laughs> people people were smart in you know, within their own cultures. Um and different cultures differ. In terms of right, treatment right, of... yes, that's a very good point because even today, mm-hmm. in 2017, some would argue that there are cultures that perhaps aren't as evolved as others, in terms of those types of attitudes. Yeah, at time and place, it, it, there's all kinds of variability there. So, this is what we're given. And and by the way, we <laughs> this is not necessarily what's truly going on in the period of the Roman Empire. That's when the story is set, but the story is is written in the 19th century. Right. Okay, yeah. So, you know, there's that complication as well. Right, it's the the lens of history or whatever. Yeah, and it's it's art. It's not trying to be history. It's trying to be art. Right, right, right. So, um, but it's in a historical setting, so it's kind of nice to know what, what we're dealing with here because... Um, you know, people who are classically educated would know about the Romans and Gaul, and that would not be news to anyone. Right, and that would not be me. Well, (laughs) classically educated. (laughs) You're not a 19th century opera goer. You're a 21st century opera goer. Yes, I like to watch movies of opera. Yeah, well, I I like it all, actually. So, um, But we digress. Which is... What we do. What we do. (laughs) But, um... Well, actually, before I continue the more of this wonderful story, I I, I just are I, you going to drop some knowledge bombs? I'm going to drop some knowledge bombs. All right. Here. You know, I how, feel like we need like some theme music for when you're going to drop a knowledge bomb. <laughs> well, like it could I'll be right that. That might be confusing though, since that's actually <laughs> from a, a real opera, which we'll <laughs> okay. get to, I think, in the spring, won't we? One of these well, days. Yeah, the, yeah, because you're going to go see the ring cycle. Yeah, one of these days we'll get, we'll get right to that one. Right in the boundaries. Okay. But, so um, knowledge bombs. Knowledge bomb. 
language mm-hmm. is always an interesting the the language in which opera is performed is always an interesting topic and um you know for instance Mozart most of his operas were in Italian written in Italian right which at is the weird because he's German w- well it's not weird but it's because of that um Italy being the birthplace and considered the most legitimate right um, and he wanted to right. perform his works in the right. Now, it's like now, the right Super Bowl the end, of opera. He does, he does the magic flute, die Zauberflut, in, in German. In German, that's right. So, and, and, um, Bellini is, is, you know, he's obviously, he's Italian and he's doing his operas in Italian. But I, I read the most interesting article, um, in the Guardian newspaper, the UK newspaper, um, from a couple of years ago, not, not too many years ago, about a, um, Written by the the gentleman who was translating Norma into English to be performed at the English National Opera, ENO, um, and he's explaining, which was fascinating to me. He's explaining that he knows this is going to upset some people because purists, right? Yeah, I mean we're we're accustomed to always having to read subtitles, supertitles. Which, by the way, when those came in, I still remember. You know, People decades rejected ago, that. it was it was it was considered you know heresy. Right, you're supposed to have your libretto and figure it out. Mm. But you have to work. I, for I it. believe it was Beverly Sills who did the uh, the the super titles the first time at the um, New York City Opera. I I don't. Or even, I know she I know she's well known for having introduced that on a regular I don't basis. Even know who Beverly Sills is. Oh, she's a famous famous opera singer oh. who then went on to run. The artist to be the artistic director of oh. the um... oh Beverly <laughs> yes <laughs> I think I have a story about that okay I think all right but in terms of language this 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 fellow writing it was fascinating I I love this piece of information and you'll just have to bear with me in the 19th century alone okay this is his way of saying chill out it's okay to perform Norma in English. Which, by the way, I don't think we're going to be listening to an English version of Norma when we hear it uh, with the Metropolitan. No, doing no, it. no, no, no. But um, he, they're doing it. They did it in London a few years ago um, with this fellow providing a new translation. And, he, and he, he writes here, you know, just bear with me, because during the 19th century, Norma was sung to local audiences in German, English, Spanish, Hungarian, Czech, Russian, Croatian, French, Dutch, Finnish, Danish, Swedish, Romanian, Polish, Portuguese, Norwegian, and Bulgarian. So that's a lot of translating going on. So I've never even seen this opera. <laughs> and the, oh, it and, was very popular. Very popular. The, the first night, the poor Bellini, they had packed the house with people who were um, supported his rival. And so he thought it was a total oh, disaster. Because they hated it. Yeah, fiasco was the word that was used. Fiasco. Is that an Italian word? That's a, such a good word. I don't know, but 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 that's that's where you, when you read about the response to this, it's fiasco. It's a great word. What a bunch of jerks. That's not very nice. No, no, but but they couldn't keep it up. So, uh, in fact, audiences loved it. Um, bel canto, you know, hard hard not to enjoy it. Well, and the version that we're going to see, I'm just pulling up the information. Um, for Norma, it's met live in HD. Uh, so the version that we're going to see on November 16th here at the center um, features Sandra 
Rodvinovsky as Norma. Which I don't I don't know Looking her either. To it. But yeah, I mean it's and it's uh yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought I'd mention that because language is, is an it's an interesting topic when it comes to opera. We we tend to um I think in the in the modern era we tend to to lean on the original language of mm-hmm. production, but it's not it's not unheard of to to translate. In fact, it's not unheard of uh, in the 19th century anyway for some of the conductors to add bits of music to operas. Guess guess who one conductor was who added a bit of music to Norma's Bellini to Casta Diva, that very famous aria we heard in the first in the half. 19th century. Mm-hmm. I won't make you guess too much. I but I, well, well. Opera helmet. Uh, Wagner. Get he was a conductor too. Yeah, he was, and he quite liked Bellini's work. He was not a big fan of bel canto, but he was an admirer of Bellini because he thought Bellini, you know, there might be like too many trills and you know right. flourishes, mm-hmm. but he thought Bellini was way more successful than most of the certainly the Italian composers in marrying the the musicality to the plot, to the story, the words. He thought that, that Bellini really nailed that, that. creative interpretation of theme and, and being yeah, able that, to that sort he, of... that he pulled those things together. Hmm. So that's kind of interesting there. Vodka. Anyway, we should probably get back to Yeah, we to should the, probably get back. <laughs> well, so one... Uh, oh, there was one... I had a question. I forgot what it was. I'll, I'll remember it later. During during the musical interlude, you yeah. can remember it. <laughs> okay, so we're already on track right. eight, and I and is that what we wanted to um, listen to? We want to listen to the yes. Well, then we may just have to pull it down for a second while we catch everyone up on the topic. Okay. Um, yeah. So so after Norma gives all this motherly sisterly affection to Adelgisa, this understanding, she says, "Well." Which one of the men do you love? Which one of us is he? Is he? Oh, Norma asks Adelgisa yeah. this. Well, who, who is this mystery man? This So she's just been singing and Adelgisa's just been there been like, kind. Oh, yeah. yeah, Adelgisa's who, you know, been been deeply distressed about mm-hmm. the fact that she's, you know, breaking her vows. But she says, well, which, which one of us is Uh-oh. he? So things are about to go sideways. Exactly. Crap. Exactly. <laughs> and she says, well, he's not one of us. He's uh, a Roman. Uh, and Norma instantly tenses and said, and who is this Roman? It's Polione. <laughs> and Adelgisa just, you know, she smoke no idea. starts coming out of her ears. Norma. Right. Norma, not Adelgisa. I'm so sorry. Norma. Norma gets, Norma gets viciously incensed. angry. And and Adelgisa's like, wait, uh, you were just being so nice. What is uh, what's wrong? Yeah. <laughs> and and of course, perfect timing. The kids run in. Polioni walks in. What? And he says Is he buttering both sides of the bread at this point? Is he Oh no, this is, you know, this is out in the woods. This is where he you know, he couldn't find Adelgisa at the usual spot, so he starts wandering around looking for her. But doesn't he know where uh Norma lives. Okay, can we suspend okay, some disbelief? Okay, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> Carry on. So he comes in and he says, Wretched girl, what have you done? And he's furious at Adelgisa, this young girl he was just sweet-talking. Yeah, telling her that he was going to love her forever. Because he knows how vengeful Norma, Norma is going to be. be. Mm. Yes. Yes. Well, and, and so... And the kids are like seven and five. Yeah. So that it's been going on for a long time. And is he a deadbeat dad? I forget. 
Uh, he knows the kids. The kids know him, but he's he's completely cooled on Norma. Right. So I, he's just a baby daddy. He's not like her lover. No, it is not a continuing relationship, which is why you know he's <laughs> thrown in yeah, without okay. Jesus. Gotcha. At any rate, so so Norma just loses it, mm-hmm. and there's some like serious serious. Um, intensity in her singing towards him. And that's the track we're just about oh, to listen to here. Okay. And, and so this is track eight yes. on disc two. And yes. do you want me to do the Italian? Oh, please. Vane si milasia indegno. Leave me, you worthless man. Leave me. Yeah, that's a pretty good title. All right. So this is Norma. Being super unhappy in Bellini's Norma. Yeah, singing. and it's actually a trio. The others will get in on the action, but it's a it's a it's a lovely song. <laughs> Leave me, you worthless man. And you're listening to Opera for Everyone on 891 some high drama in our opera, don't you think? That was a little dramatic. There was some drama. She's pretty, pretty upset. And by the way, that is the end of Act One. And um, just by the by, you could probably figure this out without saying it, but 
um, this role, the role of Norma, is considered arguably the most difficult, challenging. Role I was going to say for a soprano, um, because she she it's kind way of has, up there. She has to do everything. She yeah. has to be soft and tender. She has to be strong and vengeful, and kind of everything in between. Right, and then spiritual, and yeah. kind of like, yeah, yeah. All one, of it. one soprano who sang the role said it's the Everest of soprano roles. Because it's it's that mountain you need to climb because if you if so you take say it that seriously you're, that you're, you can do it right. But it's so so difficult. I thought that was that was interesting. Anyway, you can you can totally hear that in this. It's oh yeah, such vocal a, gymnastics. Yeah, and, and that was intense. She's on all the time, and she just and she has. There will be more angry songs to come. I bet. Yeah, yeah. So as we go into Act Two, we have. Um, we have a very tender scene that we begin with, um, and the children are both asleep, and um, you can picture it out in the woods, mother and children, and uh, Norma pulls out a knife. Shut up. And she holds it over the children. You're kidding. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. Is this the opera where she kills her kids? She, <laughs> I'm happy to say no. I can't oh. leave you in that. I can't leave you in that state of concern oh. but she's she they're asleep and she's holding the dagger over them and she says it's better this way they won't, they won't see what hit them um i i can't let them become slaves in rome i can't because they're not fully roman i can't let i cannot face what would happen to them so she's convinced that he will take them yeah she's not yeah has she's, he said that he will or she just thinks that he will well, he's he's leaving, and um, it, it's going to come out right. that she's not yes. as virginal as everyone thinks. Right. So she's going to lose her authority and power. So, and she's terrified for the children, and she's, it, it, you know, in this moment, she's thinking that's a form of protection for them. You know, better that they should die than to live with that humili- shame and that humiliation. Kind of, yeah, you know, and bearing that cross. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she can't go through with it, I'm happy to say. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And she she gets Clotilde to come. Um, and she says, Clotilde, quick, come, come, come. Um, I need I need you to get Adelgisa and bring her here. And so we're gonna listen to a song where she where she, we're gonna listen to the song where she um tells them um or she, excuse me, she tells Adelgisa, I need you to take the children. I need you to take the children, my children, and make sure they're treated properly. You know, and she's figured out this is the only solution. If Adelgisa oh is going to go to Rome, it is heartbreaking. But if she's going to go to Rome. Yeah, she can start over. She can say that they're his kids and she's his wife and nobody is going to be the wiser. Right. Right. So... Let's listen a little bit to this one. It's called Take Them With You. Okay, so this is um, De Conte Conte Li Prendi. Take Them With You, right? Yes. Um, And this is Norma singing to Adelgisa Mm -hmm. in Bellini's Norma on Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL.
Well, that's Norma and Adeljiza. And so what is, so what are they actually saying to each other, Pat? Because Norma's asking Adeljiza to take her take, children. Take them with me. I, you know, I don't want honors or powers. Um, that's fine. My sons don't have to have that. Your sons, your children, they can have honor, but I just don't want them to be enslaved um, and abandoned. I need to know that they'll be cared for, and you're the one I can trust. And it's, this is breaking Adeljiza's heart, by the way. Adeljiza's like, oh, you will be a mother again. You will have your children. You know, I don't know the details, but I believe it's all going to be fine. Um, and Adeljiza says, I have so much pity that you've aroused in me. Um, I know. I'll go talk to Polione. And I will reawaken his love for you. So she's a devoted friend, right? I will talk to him. I will make him see reason. I will remind him how much he loves you. And I'm sure that I can make him love you again. So is she thinking like sister wife kind of thing? Or is she thinking that it's going to be... She's thinking this woman has children with this man. Those are the two who belong together, not me. I mean, we're not really thinking duty and obligations around the temple at this point. We've, right. we've kind of left that beside. But right. in terms of love life and all of that, Adel Jesus essentially bowing out and says, no, this this is you wrong for me to be with him. I didn't, I had no idea of this history. She didn't. She didn't right. know any of this. Um, so, and she's, you know, and she's very touched by the children. And Norma is just like... I had this all worked out, Adeljiza. Why why are you changing things? She goes, because this is the right thing. I need to restore your rights to you. Um, and I, I and Norma suddenly says, well, I found my friend again. You Aww. are the best. And yeah, I'm just I'm like, I'm think I'm going through all this in my head, and I'm thinking this could have gone so many different directions. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. Norma could have just killed her and oh. the kids. And her, I mean, like it. And yet they're like, well, let's be rational. That's right. That's right. In fact, um, there's a song that they sing here called, uh, well, in English, it's Yes, Until the Final Hour of Life. You want to try the Italian? Si, fino all'ore estreme. Yes, well, that was a pretty good one. Yeah. Fino all'ore estreme. This is not terribly long, but it's, it's lovely. Um, until the final hour of life. You will have a companion in me. The world is wide enough to shelter us both together. With you, I will firmly face the buffets of fate, so long as in my heart I feel yours beating close to mine. Friends forever. Aww, I'm getting a little emotional. It's very sweet. Let's it listen is. to this one. All right, let's listen. All right, I'm going to just... Here we go. This is uh, Norma and Adelgisa, Friends Until the End.
I know I'm a little bit of a softy, Pat, but I got a little verklempt. <laughs> you know, Bellini would be so pleased to hear you say that. It was just like when, when we, you were talking before, like what they were actually saying to each other, it, it, like it, it could have gone so many different ways. And to think that both of them could kind of dig deep and and find the, the that basis of their friendship was it's it's, it's actually very lovely. It is. And a lovely song where they sort of Gorgeous. cement that friendship yeah. again. Because there's that period before where Norm is very upset. Yeah. Um, but Adult Cheese is just such a good person. Well, they're both like, they're both um, nuns in the Druid, whatever. I mean, I don't know what the word, but they were both religious. They were both spiritual leaders. So I suppose they. Yeah. And, and Bellini, when, when I said Bellini would have been pleased with your response. Bellini is famous for having said that opera must drive one to tears, inspire terror, and make people die. He wants a real reaction from you. So I, he, you know, he got whenever one. I kudos <laughs> to him. I, whenever I do anything artistic, which is not very often, but I often um, aspire to make people cry. Yeah. Well, that's how you know you've been moved. Right. Yeah. It's it's gotten through. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So we carrying on with our story. Okay, so they're friends forever. They're friends forever. They're pinky sweared. Uh and seen. And we end up in a lonely place in the woods, uh, where the druids are. And uh the warriors are like, why hasn't he left? Meaning Polione. They know he's been recalled to Rome. Um and Oroveso comes in. He's like, hey, guys, I hoped I'd have better news, but... Um, I'm going to have to ask you to come in on Saturday. <laughs> no, worse than that. Like, you may be excited that Polione is leaving because you guys hate him. He's the Ro Roman overlord here. But the, the commander replacing him is even more fearsome and cruel. And so he says, I... I've been trying to find out from Norma what to do, but uh -huh. because she's the one who gives the guidance. But since the last thing word on this subject was counseling peace, I think we're going to have to just take a deep breath, not rebel against the Romans because their cruelty is going to be just more than They'll we can just take. They'll just kill us. Yeah. He says, so we need to hide our resentment in our hearts. And so that Rome believes it's disappeared, it's gone. But the day will come when it will be revived to blaze again more fiercely. When we rise up. Yeah. Yeah. But not yet. But not yet. Um, all right. So there's that scene. And then back to Norma in her area. Norma okay, says. Okay. So that was just an interlude. That's like, a, yeah. That's where we're kind of building up. They're Polioni. Yeah. What are you doing? Why have you left? There's this other guy coming in. He's horrible. He's even worse. That's what Oroveso is telling you. Right. The head and druid. so just like, mm -hmm. keep your powder dry. Let's just. Yeah, keep. Exactly. Pump the brakes. <laughs> we're just going to, we're not going to do anything. Yes. Yes. Right. Okay. That's right. That's right. And Norma, uh, meanwhile, Norma is, is very happy. She believes, I mean, she's got her best friend back, her best mm -hmm. friend. She says she's going to talk the man in, who's now in love with her to loving Norma again. Um, and she's just really, really happy. Really happy. Um, 
Which leads me to believe that something horrible is going to happen next. Why would you say such a thing? Because it's opera. (laughs) So Clotilde comes in Uh and says, her, you know, her 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 helper, helper. companion. And she says, "Um, Norma, be brave. Norma's like, why? Uh What's up? Right. And um, Clotilde says, well, Adelgisa was not successful. She was not successful. And Norma, again turns on a dime and says, ah, I knew all along she was going to betray me. Oh. So, you know, because she wasn't successful. She thinks that she just didn't try. Right. Hmm. Right. And Clotilde says, no, 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 that she's terrible. She's she's distraught beyond words. She's coming back to to tell you and, and ask if she can just resume her vows and come back to her position, basically. And, um, and Clotilde says, but I've got even worse news. Polion Uh-oh. vows that he's going to abduct the Adelgisa. Oh, her. Yeah. Not the kids. But that's not what Clotilde... Clotilde okay, just says Clotilde her. says yeah. he's going to take Adelgisa. Yes, he's going to abduct her. And Norma just, you know... Flips out. Flips out. And she goes and she strikes the shield... This, it's like essentially gong. a gong three times to summon but, all the druids. Can we, do we hear the gong? I love uh, gongs. Um, yeah, but we're not going to hear it right now. We oh. got it. We, we're actually going to get to something which Else. I think is is pretty is more important than the gong. Well, it's it's the result of the gong. Okay. So she bangs the <laughs> okay. gong. The druids gather, and she says, "And now wrath, slaughter, fury, and death." Raise the battle song, stalwarts, war, war, blood, blood. Norma saying all this? Revenge, slaughter, slaughter. Right. Totally different advice. Yeah, she's (laughs) flip-flopped. She's flip-flopped, but she but she's, you know, she is she's just lost it. She's like that that man is not gonna live and and none of his people are gonna live. I can't wait to see this. Yeah, it's pretty intense. So this song that we're gonna about to listen to, um, it's in English. It's just war, war. It's it's a it's a chorus song which we don't tend to play a lot of on. I opera I like for chorus songs. Um, but this one I this one you're gonna like and and a little a little tidbit interesting. Is this a knowledge bomb? Is this, this like a knowledge, knowledge bomb? Maybe this is a knowledge hand grenade instead of a bomb. But just a little a, a little a little piece here. But I don't have enough time to explain all of 19th century Italian history. Let's just. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> <laughs> Pat, gosh. Let's just Try put it harder. this way. Um, in the beginning of the 19th century, uh, yeah. or uh, for centuries prior to that, Italy is a geographic term more than, it's not a, it's not a country as we know it today. Okay. It is during the 19th century that an- Italian unified. nationalism rises mm-hmm. and it- Italy ultimately becomes a, a, a single country. Um, and as you can imagine, there are, struggles and you know battles and things mm-hmm. that are part of creating Unifying. that unification mm-hmm. and this song this very song because this is written in uh the 1830s 18, so right, this is yep. prior to unification mm-hmm. this song gera gera war war is used to celebrate some victories by the italians um as they uh achieve some of the battles that lead them to unification. Wow. Yeah. So it's a little bit evergreen. It's like an like a like it's 
relevant. It's always relevant. No? Am I reaching? No, you're not. No, you're not. In fact, there would be many who would argue um, that this Timeless, story is better set than in ancient times mm-hmm. was actually um, had a message for the modern day in which Bellini was presenting it. There would be many who would argue that. Because after all, part of the unification is throwing out foreign uh, powers that, that held sway in various areas of Italy. Hmm. Hmm. So let's listen to... All right, so this is Guerra, Guerra in uh, Bellini's Norma, and this is a choral track on Opera for Everyone. think of that it was snappy snappy very snappy very tuneful um yeah you can see why someone would grab that and yeah march to that make use of it or or, there's some or be you know, what do you, you call those not symbols? drums yeah symbols <laughs> i like the percussion it's nice everyone likes percussion. yeah it's easy all right so once this is over oroveso is going to say well norma will you fulfill the right now and the right the ceremony is a sacrifice Uh-oh. to ensure their success in battle. Um, and she says, yes, indeed. Um, I I will. I, I absolutely will. And... Um, Does she need a cape or something? Special outfit, perhaps? She's always in a special outfit. She's always in a special outfit. <laughs> Flowing garbs. That's, that's what she does. Um... Uh, she says, but, uh, and she's, she's about to go into this. And meanwhile, some of the Druids bring in Polioni. He's been found at the temple in his effort to go ad- abduct Adalgisa. So he's been captured. But he can't be sacrificed because he's not pure. Yeah. But he can be, you know. Messed with. Messed with. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Revenge can be extracted. <laughs> right. Right. So he shows up and and Norm, Norma is, you know, furious. Yeah. Absolutely furious. She's good. Yeah. But she's in the power position now. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, when he's with all of his soldiers and all of their weapons, you know, the the local population has to be careful. Mm-hmm. Um, he's alone now surrounded by the druids are they in the forest mm-hmm. okay and the romans are all like having a smoke break or where are they're the... in their camp they're, they're, they're just their, somewhere they're else so they found him because he was roaming around the temple looking for adalgisa right. they were like we've got you here come to our druid hideaway where we're going to provide right. 
per do our and sacred rites. Exactly. He's and she's she's furious. Like mm. you're in my hands at last. Um, she's like I've you know I've got the upper hand. And Polioni's like don't don't mess with me, Norma. I like you kill me if you need to, but I, I'm just not going to have this conversation. Basically, <laughs> he doesn't. You know. Yeah. He doesn't want I get to. it. Yeah. He's like, he knows that he did something wrong. He knows that she's not pleased. No, not and he's like, okay, I, I yeah. surrender. Yeah. Just don't make me argue with and you. And Norm is like, okay, well, here's the deal. By your God and by your sons, I, I need you to swear to me right now that you will keep away from Adeljiza and not kidnap her from the altar. If you do that, I'll grant your life and never see you again. Hey, wait. So, <laughs> I may be a little slow on the uptake here. Oroveso knows that she has kids and that they, Polioni no. has a, no. a history. Oroveso doesn't know. Oroveso. He knows that she has kids. No, he doesn't. Her dad? Her dad does not know. Oh, the arch druid doesn't know. No. Okay. I see. So, nobody knows that they have kids and they have history. Nobody knows. Except Clotilde, now Adelgisa. And Adelgisa and Norma and Polioni. Okay. And... Then they find him and they bring him there and are they just, is this happening? Oh, by the way, they bring him there. I, I, I've neglected to say, she's like, I need to interrogate the prisoner by myself. Oh, before, so okay. like, so be gone, all private. of you. They're having this they're conversation. They're having a private conversation. And she's like, okay, here's the deal. Mm-hmm. Here are my I ha- terms. I, here are my terms. You, you're the father of my kids. I once had feelings for you. I don't I anymore. I kill you, mm-hmm. but be gone and swear to me you will leave Adelgisa alone. Pretty, pretty generous of her, don't you think? Well, guess how Polione responds. Mm, yeah, no. He says no. Like, I have to have Adelgisa. Ugh. That's going to go over well, right? Uh, <laughs> what, is he just doing it to piss her off? Because He says, well, he says, oh, I can't do that. I would rather die. <laughs> She's like, well, that can be arranged. Right. <laughs> so um, she says, don't you understand? My fury is greater than... Than your fury. He's like, okay, so kill me if you have to. Mm. And she says, you don't understand this dagger. And she's holding her dagger. Mm -hmm. I nearly plunged this into the hearts of our children. Well, now she's got his attention. Right. Right? Because he says, yeah. She's like, she's a little bit crazy right now. I I nearly killed the children over all of this. Mm Mm-hmm. And he, this is his turn to be, you know, to because he's calm, basically. Like, kill me, you know, I'm not giving up battle Jesus. Like, that's what you got to do. But when he hears this, he kind of loses it. Oh, cruel one, you should plunge the dagger into their father's heart. Go on, kill me. Don't, don't take it out on the children. Well, it's like the first decent things that he has said. Um, and, and he's... Does he kind of give up? He, well, he's he's upset with her mm-hmm. that she would like kind of lose it this way. I right. Mean, he doesn't have any understanding of what he's done to her heart. None. Right. He has known, but, um, and and Norma's back in her martial stage, um, and she's going to um. And she's going to make sure that all the Romans are killed, or at least that's what she believes at this point in time. 
So let's listen to... um, Because we're going to do a sprint to the finish here. Because that's what we do. That's what we do. That's what we do. We've got like 10 minutes, a little more than 10 minutes. So, So back with the Druids... You know, she's she's not giving, you know, she, she's like, okay, I gave you your chance. You didn't take it. And she says, okay, I'm ready. I know who the sacrificial victim is going to be. She says, there's a priestess here who has uh, <gasps> violated her vows of chastity. Yeah. She says all this and we all, and, and all of us gasp as you did right on cue. Wow. And she goes on to describe how this priestess so she's let a like, man. You know what? I'm going to win. I'm going to win here. Yeah. You know. You're... And then, and then. All right. So we're all thinking she's oh, setting up Lord. Adelgisa for the fall, right? Because there's this priestess. She's oh, pure. Oh, no. Is she going to sacrifice herself? And then ultimately she reflects before she names the name. And she's like, I can't do this to my best friend. I can't do it. She's like, her crimes were no worse than mine. And arguably mine were worse than hers. And she says, it is I. I am the priestess who has broken her vows, who has disappointed you all. Collective gasp from the entire assembled crowd. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Why does she do that? (coughs) Because she... She doesn't see a way out, I guess. She's set up... Well, we're we're actually going to get to it, believe it or not. All right. Um... Let's listen to the song she sings called The Heart That You Betrayed. Okay. It's the song she sings to Pollyoni. So she's in. <coughs> and. Um, and yeah. Okay. Yeah. What a heart you have. Be- what heart a heart you have betrayed and lost. So this is Norma, in Bellini's Norma, on Opera for Everyone. Okay, well, we're not going to listen to him. 
been well, away. Norma just sang herself into his heart again. Shut up. It's true. It's true. What a heart you have you have betrayed and lost. May this terrible hour make that clear. In vain you tried to flee from me, cruel Roman. But you are with me still. A god, a fate stronger than you, wills us to be united in death. Because she's just condemned herself to be the sacrificial victim. Because she's the goddess Betrayer. who has... Betrayed her vows. Betrayed her vows. She says, on the same pyre that will consume me, even under the earth, I will be with you. And you know what? <clears throat> this He falls for this. <laughs> and says, ah, oh, too late. I have recognized you, sublime woman. I have lost you. With my remorse, love is reborn. But is this just like he's just saying it to try and get out of something or like he No, really... he says we shall die together. Ah yes, we shall die. My last words will be to say I love you. But you dying. All right. Do not abhor me. Before dying, pardon me. Oh, what have I done? He this says. is also dramatic and romantic, but who's going to take care of the kids? Well, cuz no one even who has already sworn to protect care of the children. Oh yeah, I guess that'll do And yep. Clotilde Mm-hmm. And then Adelgisa will become the new priestess, and she'll go there and hang out with the kids and Clotilde. And presumably, is that what's going to happen? Well, well I did mean, I guess? Did I guess right? Well, <laughs> not everything is in the confines of the story of the opera. I see. Okay, so so right now we're listening to um, Norma and. Uh, Polione and he's like, "Oh, so I love you!" And now they're I'm promising die with to you. die with each other in the sacrificial fire Someone's and be united dying. forever. It's an opera. Yeah. It's an opera. <laughs> and meanwhile, Oroveso's watching all this. He doesn't know he's got grandkids. You know, he's just, you know, uh, this is. He's just like my daughter's just about to like. She was the supreme goddess in charge of us all. We went to war not on her say so, and he says. Please tell me you're like, what this the is heck not is true? going on here. Please tell me you are delirious. He's Say like you a are Muppet lying. up in the gallery, like what? What? <laughs> See, so he's he's like, you know, this this can't this can't be right. Cannot be right. And she's like, um, yeah, yeah. I am afraid it is. And by the way, I have two children and Orobe, so it's just like, what? <laughs> And then he gets angry because she's sworn to be chaste as a goddess. Yeah. And and he and the chorus um, point fingers at her. Oh, you impious woman. Get away from me. Um, and, and she's like, no, father, you have to listen. You have to listen. Clotilde has the children. I, I need you to make sure that the children are safe. So this is the, the, the final concern of hers. She's reunited. She's re-won Polione's love, even if it means they both have to die. And it does mean that. Um, and the final song of the opera is, Alas, let them not be victims. Let them not be victims of my fatal error. Do mm -hmm. not cut them off in the flower of their age of innocence. Consider that they are your own blood and have pity on them. Father, have pity on them. Well... If she could persuade Pollyani to falling back into love with her at this moment, yeah. she can persuade her father to have pity on the children, and she does. 
And so... Happy ending. Uh, sort of. <laughs> so there's a funeral pyre with the Roman overlord in charge and then also the fallen priestess and they're going to die together and sacrifice themselves for the good of the druids and the kids are going to be fine and El Jesus is going to be the new priestess and everybody's happy. Yeah, and then we have that new Roman overlord who's oh, much yeah, the crueler <laughs> coming in. <laughs> All right, well. <laughs> so so the opera ends with the two of them going hand in hand to the sacrificial fire. Into the fire. Um, but we can go ahead and kind listen of to romantic. this last song well, Thank you for listening to another episode of Opera for Everyone. I think this this has been one of my favorite episodes, Pat. Oh, has it? Yeah. A lot of drama here. I love it. Yeah. Good. Okay. So you've listened to Bellini's Norma on Opera for Everyone, broadcasting uh, from the studios at KHOL in Jackson, Wyoming. And we're going to go out on De Novolen... What? Novolenti? Novoleri. Si. Novoleri Vitimi in uh, Bellini's Norma on 891 KHOL.